You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who got started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now, I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, guys, welcome into the show. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here talking about an actual game that happened today. We're going to talk about the Chargers' first preseason game and first preseason victory against the Los Angeles Rams on Saturday night. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Locked On Live Fantasy Show. Have a fantasy football question that you need answered before your draft? Don't miss the Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. So if you guys need to buff up on your fantasy stuff, that is the place to do a big live extravaganza coming for you this week. But... On today's show, there's so much to get into, and I want to focus more on the players and performances more than I want to talk about the score and how the actual game went itself. The Chargers do end up winning 13-6 to against the Los Angeles Rams, starting their preseason with a big W that I know still matters to the players. They still want to get a W out there. But more importantly, David, we saw a lot of people really show out in their first opportunity in a game setting and that was what was really exciting for me to see guys showing up. So we're going to start the show with the offensive players that really had a good game. Rashawn Slater's in there. Larry Roundtree looked really good, just to name a couple of guys. Both quarterbacks, I thought, looked pretty good as well. And then in the second segment, we taking a look at the defensive players. I mean, got to talk about my boy Forrest Merrill making an impact in his first game with the Chargers, right? That was really cool to see. And some more guys. Asante Samuel Jr. gets a big hit. We saw big plays from a lot of defenders. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about these special teams, which wasn't great, but I would say it was more up and down. There was parts of it that were good, and there were some parts of it that were really bad. That was definitely the phase I was most disappointed with on Saturday night. But before we get started, if you don't already, make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. So, David, let's start with the offensive side of things. And even though the Chargers only scored 13 points in this game. There was still a lot to be excited about, I think. I mean, you look at Josh Palmer and Rashawn Slater. I mean, I think that's where you start is with those first couple of rookies. There's more rookies we can get to, too. But Rashawn Slater, 21 snaps, zero pressures allowed. And then you go to Josh Palmer, who leads the way with six catches and 36 yards. Not a lot of big plays, but very consistent. Made some plays in traffic. Made some contested catches. That's where I would start as far as the offensive players I would want to talk about from week one of the preseason. And for good reason. I mean, all eyes were on Rashawn Slater. I mean, this is the prized, you know, first round pick, the 13th overall pick from this year's draft. And we all wanted to see how he was going to do in a game like setting. I mean, we've heard all of the whispers and all of the videos, seen all the videos from training camp and heard all the people talking about how well he's done and how everyone's been having a little bit of trouble with him on the the Chargers defensive side of things. And he definitely showed up and played extremely well. I mean, he's such a technician. We know that he has such great feet. He showed off his strength. He played very, very well. I mean, it was very encouraging 
to see him go out there on that really, really long first offensive drive for the Chargers, and he played well. And then Josh Palmer was just everywhere. I mean, ran really strong routes, showcased some strong hands. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't get a lot of yards after catch, but he was very consistent. This guy, I mean, he just seems like he's going to be a volume pass catcher. I think he definitely is going to catch more balls than people think this season. Yeah, I think he will definitely have a role in the offense for sure. And speaking about a role, I mean, after Austin Eckler, I think there's really no true understanding of what that pecking order is going to be behind him right now. You have Justin Jackson, you have Joshua Kelly, and then you have a Larry Roundtree the third. You could also throw Darius Bradwell in there as well, who I thought had a pretty good game too. But let's talk about Larry Roundtree because... Justin Jackson did end up getting injured in this game. We'll see what happens with that. But we told you it's going to be really tough for him to showcase his abilities if he's injured. So that was tough to see. But Josh Kelly ended up coming in, played okay. And then Larry Roundtree came in and I think gave the Chargers their most juice in the running game, David. A couple of big chunk plays. You posted about it on Twitter. Him finishing the game right and getting that big run at the end of the game to let the Chargers go into victory formation. But You saw the juice there. You saw the vision, the decisiveness. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that breaks off a lot of 80-yard touchdowns. But I could see a ton of those 15 to 20 to 25-yard chunk plays, which are great for the offense. Well, he showed some really good decisiveness, Daniel. I mean, he saw the the hole and he hit it. And he was gone. And he went up north and south. And that's what you want to see. I mean, a couple of really important runs on fourth down to and one to secure the game. I mean, that's what you're looking for. When you get the ball back with five minutes or so left in the fourth quarter, you want to possess the ball until the end of the game, and you want to end that in victory formation. And that's exactly what the Chargers did, and they could not have done that without Larry Roundtree's run there to seal things. Like I said, I love the way that he ran the football. He was physical. He got those third down conversions, and that is what I'm expecting to see from Larry Roundtree the third. His stock is definitely on the way up. Yeah, eight carries, 63 yards, a 7.9-yard average. And, yeah, you don't want to freak out over one preseason game, but just as far as moving the needle, he did that in game one, right, and just showed, hey, this is what I can do, right? Austin Eckler did the same thing once upon a time, so him coming in as a six-round pick, had to do a little bit of that, and he got off to a really good start in the first preseason game. I mean, the other rookie I would talk about here, Brendan Hymas, I thought had some good moments as well, especially with a backup offensive line that struggled at times. He was out there at the very beginning, right next to Rashawn Slater, and I thought they had some pretty good moments next to each other, and I thought that they played pretty well, especially for a guy who's coming in as a fifth-round pick. But I also thought both quarterbacks played pretty well, David. I mean, Easton Stick goes 7-for-7, which is obviously a great start for him. He definitely had something to prove out there. And I didn't think Chase Daniel was bad either. I mean, I think he was, you know, a couple inches away from a couple of really big plays, couple to Jalen Guyton where he got behind the defense and they just couldn't link up. That was really the most vertical we saw from the offense, but nothing really clicked, right, which is why you get that 13-point score. But I thought both of them played pretty well, but I think for Easton Stick especially, even though he did take two big sacks for 20 yards, One, I mean, he absolutely got swallowed. I know you posted about that one. I don't know what he was going to really do about that. But the other one looked like the ball should have come out a little bit, you know, quicker. And then he ends up just taking another big sack on third and long. So both were impressive, I thought, overall, David. I don't know if there's really any separation. I don't think Easton Stick just jumps. Okay, hey, seven for seven. He's the backup quarterback now. 
No, definitely not. I mean, it's way too early to say that. But, I mean, I think you're encouraged by that type of performance with Easton Stick. And, yeah, a lot of those were probably pretty simple throws, right? I mean, nothing was was crazy. But he completed them, and he didn't turn the ball over. And so that, in within itself, is a step in the right direction. I mean, you want him to operate the offense and keep the ball and move the ball down the field, and he he was part of a scoring drive, the only touchdown drive that the Chargers would get during the game. So that's the type of things that you want to see. And for Jace Daniel, I thought he made some good throws. I mean, I think just with the offense overall, I liked the way that there was a lot of high-percentage throws kind of built in. I mean, really good rhythm things that really helped with the down and distances yeah. where there was shorter third downs. And I really like that. And I hope that's something that's kind of like a window into what this offense might look like during the regular season. Yeah, and I think we got to see the new offensive scheme a little bit. I'm pretty sure it was Daniel Popper who said they were 5-for-5 five five on first downs throwing the football, which is a totally archaic concept, you know, for someone like maybe guys from the previous coaching staff. But you just had to love to see what it was going to kind of look like. And you know that they kept it very basic because it is a preseason game. You don't want to give too much away and you don't want to put too much on these guys' plates. But at the same time, I liked what I saw from the Chargers offense. I liked Josh Palmer. I liked a lot of things. I would say if there's guys that didn't impress me and probably didn't raise their stock in this game, I would say it's probably Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton. I thought Norton was better than Pipkins, but I didn't think either one of them was really good. I mean, Pipkins was worse in this game. Not promising. Unfortunately, I got to throw Joe Reed in there too, man. I mean, he only caught one ball on offense. He had a decent return, but, you know, we'll get to that later. But on offense, he just, he didn't really do anything. And that kind of hurts. Well, and it only hurts because, you know, Jason Moore made a couple of plays, right? I mean, you see Josh Palmer out there making plays. So it's not even just you played bad, but other guys played better, right? Or other guys got the big catches. You could probably say the same thing about K.J. Hill, right? I mean, had a couple of moments, nothing that really wowed you, nothing that made you say, hey, this guy stood out. And, I mean, the second leading, you know, reception guy for the Chargers was Donna Barham with two catches. So it's not like a lot of other guys lit it up. But just early on, you know, you see some other guys making plays and those guys who you want to make plays to prove while they're on the team – just not really standing out in any significant way. So I didn't think there was a ton of bad, but I do think for those guys, they're going to wish they could have put a better foot forward just to show to this coaching staff that they deserve to be on the roster. But we do have two more segments that we still have to get into. And up next, we're going to be talking about the defensive side of things where Kazir White and Drew Tranquil looked great. Forrest Merrill looked good. A lot of guys to talk about and a really good defensive performance by Brandon Staley in his first game in the NFL as a head coach. The defense looks solid. We're getting into all the standout players coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA actions. And right now, you can also go bet on some NFL futures. If you only like to bet on the NFL, there's a ton of Chargers futures and NFL futures that you guys can bet on. You can even bet on the spread of the very first game against the Washington football team. Or you can bet on Justin Herbert on the path to the MVP or Asante Samuel Jr. for Defensive Rookie of the Year. A lot of good odds you can find on those guys if you feel good about it. But Bet Online is the one place that we trust our money with and the one place where we go so head to the website right now or use your mobile device and you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
with the promo code Locked On. It's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, we got to talk about the offense, and I do think, even though they only scored 13 points, there was definitely some guys there to be excited about, right? And more guys to watch, even a little bit closer going forward in the next upcoming preseason games, and hopefully some guys that won't be playing in some of the future preseason games. And I think two of the guys that should make that list, David, are Kazir White and Drew Tranquil. And that's where I want to start on the defensive side of things. There was one really nice sequence that I posted on Twitter where Christian Covington on first down gets in for a tackle for loss with Kazir White and Drew Tranquil right behind him, setting him up behind the sticks. Great start to a drive right there or a series. And then the next play, Drew Tranquil, looking like you know one of the best blitzers ever, comes in like a heat-seeking missile and forces an incompletion from Duck Hodges. That one was really nice, and now it's third down and long. And on third down, Kazir White sniffs out the screen pass, beats his blocker to the spot, and ends up making another tackle for loss and really totally derailing the Rams' drive and that third damn play. I mean, those guys, David, I would be good if I do not see them at all for the rest of the preseason because they look like they're in midseason form. Yeah, they really do. But I think it was important for Drew, Drew Tranquil, especially to get out there after the injury, after you know really losing his entire season last year, to go out there and just show himself and everyone else that He's ready to go. He's healthy. He's strong. He looked fast out there. He looked decisive. He looked pretty good in coverage. Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen all I need to see from Drew Tranquil. I think he can go ahead and find the the nice Charger shirt with the, with the ball cap, along with Kaiser White, too. I mean, Kaiser White showed that speed, I think, on a couple of different occasions, yeah. the sideline-to-sideline speed where he's just chasing guys down. I mean, that's what you love. I mean, from a rotational linebacker, a former safety, you see it. You know, you see the instincts. You see his coverage ability. I mean, you, and you see the smarts. I mean, you know, you talked about sniffing out the screen. I mean, you you know that he saw that, and then he diagnosed it, and then he, he struck. Right. And then that's what you want to see, and that's beautiful. So those two guys definitely showed that they're ready for the regular season and that we don't need to see them at all for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, and I thought all of the linebackers played pretty well, and I think it was nice because you really got to see what the linebackers' roles are in this new Brandon Staley defense, and it looked like they had a lot of one-on-one shots on the running back, which is great. You saw the same thing with the defensive line as well, creating those mismatches up front, getting guys to break through and disrupt. It's, I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw the Chargers. I mean, I know it's preseason, but like that much penetration on the defensive line, like the line moving backwards. They're not getting pushed off the ball. They're getting in the backfield. And it's foreign, Daniel. It's foreign. <laughs> It was nice, but at least you got to see those concepts really working. Someone posted that on Twitter to me on one of the videos I put out there, and I put a lot of you know big plays that I liked out on my Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. But Nick Neiman had a couple of plays. Eamon Ogbong Bamiga, aka our boy Bong, was out there, and even though there was definitely you know maybe a blown coverage potentially on him to give up the only touchdown to the Rams, I thought overall, I mean, he had a quick trigger. I mean, maybe overran a play or two, but out there giving full effort, blitzing, doing a lot of really good things. And I thought the defensive line was another part that stood out to me and a couple of guys in particular. I mean, Christian Covington, I talked about, had that tackle for loss. I thought Joe Gaziano looked really good, David, and that was something I did not see coming. He was a former edge player. Now he's playing on the inside. It seems to be a way better fit, right? Because on the inside, he seems quick enough to get around these guys. 
And at the same time, he's big enough to kind of hold his own if the run comes at him. But Joe Gaziano stood out. I brought all of this up just to talk about Forrest Merrill because this is a guy. The bulldozer. <laughs> as you know, More like the bulldog, honestly. Let's go. I love it. And this guy, I mean, was just an absolute wrecking ball. I mean, I just loved his engine, right? I loved the motor. He was playing like his hair was on fire. He was playing like this was his last chance to make the Chargers roster. And it's hard to kind of explain that verbally without seeing it. I did post a video of him just giving a great swim move on the goal line and pretty much stopping the Rams from scoring or at least derailing what looked like it was going to be an easy Ram score. John Brandon ends up getting the interception, which was good to see. But, David, this dude was on fire. I mean, pass rushing, he never quit one move after another. He was always going, always trying to get in there. And I just felt like he was living in the backfield. And I would not have wanted to be in front of him. And, like, we were high on him, right, just as a guy we wanted to see, especially at a position where there's not a lot of jobs totally locked up. He made a great impression last night, David, because that was really, really good to see. And I had so much fun just watching him. Can't wait to watch him going forward in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers have sorely missed uh, just a guy in the middle that can provide some push. And, I mean, and just has a motor. I mean, that's, I think, you love about Forrest Merrill is that he has that Joey Bosa-like motor. He just doesn't quit. He's going 100 miles an hour from whistle to whistle, and he's giving you everything that he's got. And that's what you love about an interior defensive lineman. The Chargers need that. They need more pressure. This scheme already shows us that you're going to get more pressure in more places. If Forrest Merrill continues to do that and continues to you know, put running backs into the dirt, he's going to put his best foot forward in trying to get a roster spot. I think there's one available on that D-line, and if he keeps playing like this, he might take it. Yeah, Braden Fajoko had a player too. I thought the group was impressive, right? But Forrest Merrill, to have a guy that brings that kind of energy to the field, who's an undersized guy, an under-height guy, right? I think he's like 320 pounds, but he's only like 5'11". And the other thing is he went to Arkansas State. So, like, came from a small school. And in that game, looked exactly like his tape. Like, he was throwing those guys around just like he was throwing guys around at the collegiate level. So, I love to see that, but hey, I'm talking a lot. David, who stood out to you that you still want to get to on the defensive side of things? Yeah, so a couple of undrafted free agent cornerbacks stood out to me, and I could not go through this segment without talking about Kamon Hall and John Brandon III. I thought both of those guys flashed a lot to me. I mean, Kamon Hall punches a ball out, um, really makes a good play. Unfortunately, the Chargers can't recover that. He gets some pressure on the quarterback. He gets a nice pass breakup. And then John Brandon forces a wide receiver out of bounds who is going for a touchdown. Uh, but, you know, with his positioning, didn't allow him to convert that, which was good. I thought he was really physical. He had some good tackles on third down. And he got an interception. And, I mean, hey, if you're a cornerback and you want to make a team, the best way to do that is to take the football away. And he did that. Uh, I thought both of those guys really, really played well uh, towards the back end of the roster. And, I mean, if they keep making plays, then they're going to make – this decision on who to keep, very, very difficult. So shout out to the those two guys. Yeah, Hall had another really nice pass breakup too, but I posted about that on Twitter too where I was just like, hey, if you want to make the team, do stuff like this. You know, create turnovers. Go for the football. You hear Brandon Staley yelling about it all day at practice, right? Finish plays. And they didn't totally finish it, right, because they didn't end up with the football. But you love to see the awareness. You love to see the – Going for the football. Lohi Gilman was also going for it on that same play, right? Keenan Hall just happened to be on the right side of things. But 
it was just great to see some young guys standing out. And yeah, I mean, John Brandon getting the interception. What I liked about it was he saw a play, he took a chance, and it paid off because he was on a different receiver, saw that the guy in front of him was the guy who was going to get the ball thrown to him, broke on it, made a big play. You absolutely love to see it. But speaking of the things that you love to see, how about Asante Samuel Jr. getting shot out of a cannon into the flats to absolutely destroy Tutu Atwell? When's the last time, David, you saw a Chargers corner that had that much reckless abandon going up to hit a ball carry? I mean, he wanted to hit him. He hit him hard, and he loved that he did it. Yeah, I mean, probably, honestly, like Quentin Jammer. I mean, Quentin Jammer liked to come up and absolutely smash guys. So, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, but that's what Asante Samuel brings to the table. And you can tell, man, he's been waiting and itching to hit somebody that is not wearing a Chargers uniform. And that definitely expressed itself on that play. But, I mean, I thought, you know, he probably started a little bit slow. And then he just unleashed it. And, you know, on a couple of plays, you saw him do that. And you love it. You love that physicality. That's what he brings to the table. He's that dog. And I mean that I mean that in the most loving way possible. That's what you want. I mean, it's gonna be exciting. It's also gonna be a little bit of a learning curve for him. But he's definitely a player and he's gonna help this Chargers defense this year. Yeah, and as far as the defensive side of things goes, there wasn't a lot that was very bad. I mean, Sante Samuel Jr. definitely, I mean, didn't totally stand out at the very beginning, then he has that hit. But either way, I mean, the guy's still getting his feet wet. I thought he looked fine out there. Nazir Adderley, I probably would have liked to see him, you know, make a big play, especially going up against some backups potentially and being a guy who has started all of last season. Sometimes the ball comes to you, sometimes it doesn't. But it would have been nice to kind of see him make a big play to show you that he doesn't need to continue playing in the preseason. Maybe he doesn't, but at the same time, he didn't do anything in that game where it's like, okay, Nazir is ready, right? Nazir Adderley is ready to go. Nas is good to go. Sit him out. I mean, we'll see if he plays, you know, next week. But that would have been nice to see. But I still don't think he necessarily had a bad game. Just one of those things. The team gave up 13 points. Not a lot of bad to go on. But I think Asante Samuel Jr. might take a little bit of time. But even on that play, you see the closing speed. You see the explosiveness. You see the reaction time. All great things that let you know, hey, it's in there. It might take him a second, you know, to adjust. But it's he has all the tools to be really good. And I think he will. Anyways, we do have one more segment to get into that we've been putting off because it was probably the worst phase of the Chargers three units on Sunday, on Saturday, and that was the special teams unit. So we're going to get into Tristan Viscaino looking good, some kickoff coverage looking good, but penalties and punting the ball and covering that was really bad. So we're going to get all of that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And of course, you know that I'm talking about Built Bars. One thing I love about Bilt Bars is the variety that you get from them. I mean, there's so many different protein bars to choose from, but most of them only have a couple of flavors. With Bilt Bar, you're getting tons of flavors. My favorite's peanut butter brownie. There's also salted caramel, coconut, mint brownie, and so many more to choose from. And you can get a mixed box, so you can keep spicing it up. You'll never get tired of the same flavor because you can get a box of every flavor. And the great thing about Bilt Bars is you can feel like you're having a nice, Cheat meal, cheat treat kind of thing, but it's also good for you and fits in most diets as well. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. This is a great snack and a great treat, guys. You can feel like you're eating a candy bar while you're having something that fits on your diet. And right now, if you go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order 
That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys about the only place that I ever go if I need an auto part, and that is RockAuto.com. Having to need a part for your car sucks. It is Nothing is ever good when something goes wrong with your car. And when you're getting a part, the one thing that you don't want to have to do is go get in, you know, take an Uber to the chain storefront and try to talk to the counter guy about the part that you need. Instead, go to rockauto.com. They have the best inventory that you're going to find and the best prices you're going to find because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the same low price at rockauto.com. I don't know a ton about cars, but I've already used it several times. I just had to type in what type of car I had in a few easy clicks. I found out the exact part that I needed, got a great price on it, and most importantly, got it delivered right to my house. And right now, go to rockauto.com to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David, well, we covered the big dogs. We covered the offense and the defense. Now it's time to talk about these special teams, which... Do we have to? <laughs> I mean, it was always going to be under the microscope, right? Because it was... Absolutely. Such a weak spot for the Chargers in 2020, and some of that's coaching, some of that's personnel. There were so many things you could point to as to why it didn't work last year. Let's start with the negatives. So, I mean, at least we can you know, end on some positive things. The negatives were very clear. It was the punt unit and the punt coverage unit, which Brian Smith, right, the guy they brought in to be a special teams ace, he's a gunner. He maybe helps that, but on Saturday, it was awful. I mean, three big returns. Two of them end up getting called back with a penalty, but it still wasn't covered well. Another really big return that just totally flipped the field position for the Rams. That was really tough to watch, David. I know it's early on, but I think that was something they were hoping would look better when it got out there. Yeah, I mean, definitely not encouraging, Daniel. I mean, you saw that the first time on the first punt return. You're like, okay, I don't really like this. And yeah, then it thank happens God again. it got called back, yeah. Yeah, and then it happens again. You're like, oh, okay, there's another penalty. But then, bam, there it goes. And it just you you felt it just going the wrong direction. Right. And you already knew that you know they weren't in good position, and then that showed it. That last big return said, okay, I mean, this is definitely a problem. But, hey. It's good that they have tape on those issues right now in preseason so they can correct them. Now they can say, hey, you know, you need to do this or, hey, you were supposed to be in this position. They, you know, they have teaching tape now. Darius Swinton has game teaching tape that he can go back and make those corrections. And hopefully we see some improvements, especially in that unit and that punt return unit on Sunday's game against the 49ers. Yeah, and it is somewhere that I think they will improve. And it's another thing where. The guys that were on that unit are not going to be on the Chargers. All of them will not be, right? So it's not your A team out there, but neither was any of the rest of the groups you had out there at any time, right? It's all backups to some extent. So that's not really an excuse that you can use. I think the part that made me the most concerned is just the disorganization. And that's one thing that you wanted to see really get cleared up is the communication, things like that. Instead, you had three different special teams penalties that I can remember, right? There might have even been more, but I remember three specifically. One, an illegal substitution that gave the Rams a free first down, a delay of game on a kickoff, a delay of game on a punt. I mean, it's like those are the things that were so frustrating last year was not just the poor special teams play, but the egregious special teams penalties. That reared its ugly head again on Saturday night. That's something that I want to see definitely cleaned up because it's one thing to not execute, but... To go out there and just give the other team free yardage is something that you have to hope 
really stops us here. Well, giving the team a first down is just killer, Daniel. Yeah, you just cannot do that. I mean, you just absolutely cannot give a team another opportunity right there. It just, it just can't happen. It can't. I mean, that was definitely the low side of it. But on the plus side, I did think the kickoff coverage was pretty good. Tristan Viscaino was kicking it, you know, deep. There was one where I was really impressed by Viscaino's leg because the Chargers got a delay of game, and he still put it three yards deep into the end zone. And then the guy <laughs> tried to run it out, run it tackled inside the 20, but three. Yeah, like around the 15. Yeah, well, so there was three of them. There was one inside the 20 and two more inside the 15-yard line. That was something I was really impressed by. One was a Mecca Bowie, I believe. Darius Bradwell had one, and Chris Rumpf. Also Chris Rumpf, had yeah. one. So all three of those guys made big plays on special teams. I thought the kickoff coverage was actually pretty good and definitely a notable difference in the kickers kicking into the end zone. I believe most of it was Tristan Viscaino, but he looked good. The leg looked very, very strong, and the coverage unit looked really good too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's definitely uh, very encouraging. And I think, you know, when we talk about special teams and we talk about Tristan Viscaino, I mean, he played most of the game. I mean, the first half, he handled all the field goal responsibilities. And I'm sure that, you know, him and Badger are going to go back and forth. But right now, I think just looking at the overall operation and, and how he did his job, I think you got to feel like he's probably got the leg up right now. Pun intended. But, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to go off that. I mean, two field goals made, but the furthest one was 38 yards, right? Five yards behind what an extra point is. Hard to take a lot away from that, but I did like the way he was kicking off. I thought that that looked good. Michael Badger, I wonder if he was going to get all of the field goal attempts in the second half, you know? Because really the only time he got to get out there in the second half was for a PAT after the Chargers scored their only touchdown of the game and he made it. So that's one of the things that's an imperfect part of the preseason, right? And maybe a big reason as to if this battle actually gets decided in a game-like setting like the preseason is... Yeah, I think it's going to take all three preseason games, to be quite honest. I mean, we need the whole full body of work before we make the, the end decision. One well, right now, can you even afford to give Alex Kessman in-game reps, right? No, I don't think if so. If the battle is close, right, or you think that these two are the top dogs, just because you don't know how many fuel goal opportunities you're going to have in any given game, so... Well, and hey, Alex Kessman not even might not even make it to the next game. He might get cut with these, you know, first round of cuts they got to do by Tuesday. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. But Tristan Vizcaino didn't lower his stock at all, right? I mean, he only raised it. Seems like he's pretty consistent. Obviously, they're going to kick a lot more in practice as well, and I'll be at training camp tomorrow, and hopefully I'll get to see some kicking action because when I show up to training camp, the one thing I always cross my fingers and whisper to myself when I walk into the training camp facility is just, I hope I see a kicker competition today. But either way, Tristan Vizcaino looked good. Michael Badgley, you feel for me, didn't really have a chance to improve his stock in this game, but he also didn't have a chance to really hurt his stock either, right? So in some sense, maybe that's a good thing, but I know if it was me, I would want to have that opportunity at my feet in this you know, conversation to be able to kind of control my, Pun own, intended. control my own destiny in that way. But either way, special teams, some good things, some things to be very excited about. And a lot of things that Darius Swinton's going to have to go back to the drawing board for. But for guys that are definitely going to have to make their name on special teams to make this roster, you better hope that he weren't in that punt coverage unit because that was not a good showing for the Chargers. But the great news is we'll have even more content to talk about tomorrow because guess what? We have 
I'm going to training camp at Chargers at Jack Hammett Sports Complex. I'm excited to cover that for you guys. I'll be live tweeting all of the stuff that's happening there. I'll try to get you guys a video of Rashawn Slater because I know that's like crap to Charger fans right now. If I can get a one-on-one Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa, I will do it this time. I promise I will. But we have so much to get into this week. We have joint practices coming up later in the week. We have potentially Jerry O'Connell this week. We're going to try to get that done. I hope you guys all saw on the halftime show and the post-game show me and David were both floored because Jerry O'Connell gave us a shout out in both of those. Super cool, super surreal. Definitely going to try to have him on the show this week, if not next week or whatever. But we are in the works to get him on the show and super excited about that. Super cool plug. I mean, he called into the voicemail line last week. Just super, super cool. But I will be at Chargers training camp tomorrow, tweeting out everything, and I'll be back here tomorrow with my breakdown of how everything went, who stood out, and all those things. So to make sure you don't miss it, make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. You can find it anywhere. And if you can on that platform, make sure to rate and review the show if you like it as well. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to be like Jerry O'Connell and call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But you can also find us and all of the shows on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can follow David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And you can follow the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. And just a thank you to everyone who has helped me really grow my profile on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. I definitely appreciate that. But we also have an Instagram page at LockdownChargers where you can get a lot of content there. And we also have a Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. Don't forget to come back tomorrow, guys, and check out my recap of going to today's training camp practice as you guys are hearing this. So make sure to check back in with us then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.